I'm Danny, that witch next door. And you're listening to That Witch Podcast. It's time. Hello. Welcome. Hi, everybody. It's me, Danny, that witch next door, and you are listening to another episode of That Witch Podcast. This is a lot of fun and also super weird. So I am actually recording today's episode live on Instagram right now, and I'm recording on the mic right now, and it feels really weird. So hello, welcome everybody. Join, join, join. I'm so excited to do this today. Um, this actually was a happy little accident and I'm so excited that you guys are just as excited as I am because what happened is I recorded this, uh, today's episode last week and I just, it just didn't hit right. It just didn't hit right. I don't know. And I think that deep down it was my intuition telling me, Danny, this episode can be so much better. And I didn't know what to do. And I kept putting it off and I was like, shit, shit, shit. I don't have an episode for Tuesday. And then over the weekend, um, I've been really working really, really hard on my, um, prepping for my mentorship program that I'm launching so soon. And I was struck with inspiration to just skip Moonday Musings live yesterday um, since we had the day off as a family, since my husband was home, and do today's podcast episode live on Instagram instead. So hello. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Um, Okay, so today is all about how to study astrology, right? Now, I do want to, before we like super dive into everything, I want to give everybody a few disclaimers. So I am live recording the the episode, the podcast episode. So I'm not going to be nearly as interactive with everybody's comments as I normally am on Instagram because that wouldn't make any sense to anybody listening to the episode later when they're not on Instagram live. So what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be keeping an eye on the comments and um, looking out for questions and comments and things that pertain to the episode. And I will do my best to integrate those into the episode. But the cool thing is, is that this is honestly the exact same process that I have when I record for the episode every week, except for instead of having my phone in a vertical fashion like this, like Instagram live likes. Um, instead I have it like horizontal, the YouTube way. And so that is why there's not going to be a YouTube video for this week. I record all of this on my phone. I only have one camera. Sorry. So Instagram, you guys get the video this week and YouTube. I will see you next week. So Okay. I'm really excited. So many of you are here on the live and that is so exciting. We're definitely going to do this more. I had no idea that everybody would like this so much. So we'll definitely, definitely do this more. Um, what I want to talk about today is how to uh, study astrology. And what I want to let you know ahead of time is this is not an astrology class today, meaning I'm not going to be on here teaching you um, these are what the signs are and these are what they mean and these are the planets and these are the aspects and the houses. No, 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 no. 
I mean, literally, I want to teach you how to cultivate an effective, sustainable study practice. And thank you, everybody that's on the live for showing all their love. Everybody. Oh my gosh. I'm just so excited. We have the best witchy neighborhood around here. Okay. First things first. How the fuck do we study? Oh, hi. Should I put my coffee? <laughs> I'm not used to the video being able to see the desk. Normally, all of this is, is cut off in the YouTube video. So sorry about that. Um, okay. But maybe you like having my nice, big, steaming cup of coffee with you. Okay. Before we dive into the super exacty exactness, let's talk a little bit about the energy today. Yes, because we just came down off of a Virgo new moon last night. And I don't know about y'all, but if you've listened to this show, then you probably know that I love and adore the new moon. So I'm feeling very rested today. That's why I like the new moon so much. I sleep so, so well on the new moon. And ah, last night was no different. I really tapped into the Virgo aspect of this new moon energy. And I cleaned the fuck out of my house yesterday. I feel so good today. Like deep cleaning, you know what I mean? Like I like went in the bathroom and cleaned every nook and corner and the, and the kitchen. I did all of our laundry yesterday it was awesome. My husband and I had Star Wars playing in the background. It was like my favorite day ever. (laughs) It was awesome. So yes, definitely still feeling these new moon vibes. And I do want to let everybody know, especially if you caught the pre-show tarot reading, um, you know, very normal to be feeling a little bit heavy or a little bit tense or a little bit uncomfortable today. We talked about this a little bit. I think a couple episodes ago, uh, Virgo doesn't adore shadowiness, doesn't adore shadow time, doesn't adore shadow work. Virgo doesn't mind problems and challenge. Don't get me wrong. Virgo loves fixing shit, but really an external based problem solver doesn't love turning those problem solving abilities in on itself. And so, um, It's very, very normal, especially if you have strong Virgo placements, to be feeling this kind of tense uncomfortability right now because you're really being called within and that doesn't feel uh, familiar, but it is very beneficial. So the best way to work with this is to look at your chart, take a look at where Virgo is. What house does it rule? Do you have any planets or luminaries there? And these are going to be good indicators of the areas of life that are calling you to um, kind of do some shadow work and are calling for some introspection, okay? So for me, for example, Virgo rules my second house. And so that's why during this Virgo new moon, I really, really used my time to externally clean, okay? So I was really preparing my environment and doing all this deep cleaning. But I was really allowing myself to get lost in the meditative part of that process and really go within myself and go within my own head and 
and think about my my relationship with my home and with my possessions. Think about my relationship with money and with my income, where I'm at, where I've been, where I want to be. Okay, these are the kinds of questions and the kinds of themes that you really want to focus on during a new moon, okay? It's the end of a cycle and it's the beginning of a cycle, okay? We're at that beautiful in-between right now. And so this is the time, it's that kind of introspection to really look at where have I been? How far have I come? What am I doing right now? And how is that reflective of where I'm going? Okay. All right. So this is, it's, I, I love Virgo energy and I love the new moon. So I'm feeling very, very good. Um, but again, it is totally and completely normal if you're feeling a little bit tense or a little bit uncomfy right now. So how do you study astrology? How do you do what I just did right there, right? How do you get to this point where you can now start to track and look at the planets and the stars and and utilize that movement and, and understand those patterns and apply them into your life, right? How can you forecast for yourself? Well, I will say this. No matter what, when it comes to a self-study practice, I think that you need to first and foremost let go of anything to do with studying and learning that you hate. I know that that might sound like simple or or like, duh, Danny, but uh, I'm serious. Because most of us still associate studying and learning with uh, formal education, I want you to start to release the parts um, of your experience with formal education that maybe traumatized you or maybe jaded you, okay? And that really uh, cast negative shadows over your education and learning process because truly, truly learning, like gaining knowledge and, and, and really pouring ourselves into a subject that fascinates us is a fucking gift. It is, it is a gift of having a human brain. And, and I really implore you to utilize this gift. Okay. Exercise this thing. We are given these complex brains. We're given this ability to have interest and to have fascination into something. Allow yourself to, to immerse yourself in that and don't avoid it and hold yourself back because of bad memories from school or maybe a tough teacher relationship that you had or tough peer relationships that you had, or maybe you had shame put on you around certain subjects that you were interested in. I, this is, that's very much part of my own personal narrative. When I was younger, I really was that kid that actually was interested in a lot of the subjects that they were teaching at school. But here are my main problems that I put on myself and that I also encountered. Number one, I totally will admit to you that I succumbed to the peer pressure thing. I really did care so much when I was a teenager about what my friends thought of me. And so when I started caring about school and that wasn't cool and people, you know, wanted me to go out and and come drink or drive around or whatever instead, I would, I would often go do that. And I didn't want to seem like a dork and I didn't want to seem like a nerd, which was something that I did feel very branded by from a young child. And 
And so I did let myself really succumb to that pressure and really succumb to that um, negative attention. And I ended up missing out and bypassing so many of my own passion and interests. In addition to that, let's be honest about the school system that is really, really limited when it comes to learning styles. The overall generalized school system is not conducive to the fucking vast, and I mean vast array of learning styles that human beings have. Most of us, just so you know, we only even learn about like four or five or six learning styles. And just so you know, most of us have more than one, but we're taught about like five to seven of them or whatever. And we're taught that we're one of them and that's your learning style and that's how you learn things. Yay, go, bye. And that's not how it is. We are so much more complex than that and how we learn it, it depends on so many different things. And our learning style depends on so many different things, especially the subject, okay? And so I I just want you to know that I totally relate to this issue of, you know, I have this past, uh, really, honestly, I have this past really shitty view of myself as a student, okay? So I, I've put so much shame on myself and I lived that way for so long that I wasted so much time in school that I really was interested in all of these different subjects. And I let myself bypass and avoid them for all different kinds of reasons. Reasons aside, I found myself, you know, currently being like, well, so is that it? I just, that was my learning experience and I wasted it and it's gone. No, your learning experience never, ever, ever ends. And honestly, that, my friends, probably one of the most beautiful things about being a human being, in my opinion, is is the fact that our learning journey never, ever, ever has to end if we don't, if we don't want it to, okay? And so when you find those things, whether you're on like scrolling on TikTok or Pinterest or Instagram, or you're having a discussion with somebody, or you see a commercial for something, okay, no matter what the trigger is. If something triggers that beautiful, authentic curiosity in you, I really implore you to seek it out and to study it and to learn it. Now, when it comes to something as complex as astrology, I will tell you that um, no matter how passionate you are about it and no matter how committed you are to it, when you dive in head first, not knowing anything, um, you can totally easily overwhelm yourself. Okay. And so really what I did for this episode was I, I gathered the basic building blocks, if you will, that I think that are the basic bag of tools that I think every student or user needs in order to effectively study astrology. The whole purpose of this is to take you out of that space where you're just scrolling through videos and and listening to other people's astrological interpretations. I believe that that is a very crucial and critical part of a well-rounded astrology study, but I find that most students lose themselves in that part of the process. Most of my clients, most of my students lose themselves in the endless scroll. This, what we're doing right now, this whole Instagram thing, social media, 
it really deep down is a beautiful opportunity for us to take advantage of. Um, but it is a very slippery slope to just kind of get sucked down the rabbit hole. And all of a sudden it's been days, weeks, months, and literal years. And you realize, oh, I've always been interested in astrology and I follow a lot of astrologists, but I'm not an astrologer, but I've never studied, but I still don't understand that much. Um, it's something I don't have time for or whatever. When in reality, I would encourage you to stop scrolling for as long as you do and start focusing that energy and that focus into a few other basic areas that will eventually build into a really, really solid astrological um, foundation of knowledge, okay? Now, like I said, this is not a straight up astrology class, meaning I'm not gonna be like, hi, first up is Aries. Aries does this. We're not gonna do that today. I'll have an astrology course coming out um, when I launch my witch school in a few months. So we'll we'll get to an astrology course. This is how to, uh, when I say how to study, what I want to more give you is areas of focus, like subcategories and categories within astrology that I think are the most effective to learn first. Okay, so I hope that you brought your pens and your notebooks. And if not, make sure you go listen to the episode later and you can listen to it again. And if you need to take notes um, now, later, I really do always encourage taking notes. I think a lot of people think I'm being playful when I say that. Um, and I guess in a way that I am, but I'm mostly being serious. Uh, a lot of very valuable information retention comes from taking notes, okay? And don't worry about, it's Virgo season, so I really want to put this disclaimer out there. Don't worry about how your notes look, okay? I hope that some of my my Virgo placement clients are watching because I've, talked about this in many, many sessions. Don't let how it looks hold you back from taking notes. Don't let how it looks hold you back from journaling and things like that, okay? Just put the pen to paper. The more that you do that, the more your own note-taking style will really start to um, to flourish and, and emerge on its own, okay? So first and foremost, what are the basic building blocks or what are the main categories within astrology that I think that you should study first. This is going to be the signs, okay? So there's 12 of them from Aries all the way to Pisces. You're going to want to learn the signs. You're going to want to learn the planets, what they do, how they move, things like that. Start with just the names of the planets and their basic characteristics, okay? And just so you know, in astrology, when we say planets, we are almost always also talking about the sun and the moon and asteroids. Okay, other luminaries um, that are not technically planets by definition, but we use the term planet as an umbrella term here, okay? So learn all the 12 signs, learn the major planets, okay? And I will list these out for you. So the major planets are going to be the sun, the moon, your rising sign. Um, you want to learn, I'm going to try and go in order here, Mercury, Venus, Mars. I almost said Earth because I'm doing the My Very Excited Mother. <laughs> I'm doing the 
the acronym in my head. Um, uh, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, okay, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto. The asteroids that you can incorporate, I would focus on all of those planets first and then start to incorporate the asteroids. Chiron is a big one. And I also work with Ceres, Pallas Athena, Black Moon Lilith, as well as, who am I forgetting? Ceres, Pallas Athena, Chiron. Oh, I'm on my, <laughs> I can't grab my phone because I'm recording with you guys. Uh, it'll come to me. I can't remember the last asteroid. Oh, it's Vesta. Sorry. Hi. Vesta. Really been working a lot with Vesta, actually. Very, very interesting. Um, if you feel called at all to like home and hearth magic, start looking into the asteroid Vesta. Okay. So those planets, those asteroids, those are the major ones. Um, the I listed them in order from uh, about how close they are to the sun, from closest to farthest. And just know that the closer are considered inner or personal planets. And the farther away from the sun, they're considered outer or generational planets. A good rule of thumb while you're studying. So this is really how I want the episode to be. I'm going to give you all these major like foundational sections And then I'm going to give you my tips and tidbits that I think are really helpful to keep in mind along your study journey, okay? Um, A good rule of thumb with inner versus outer planets is the slower moving planets, the slower something is, the more profound and longer lasting its effects are, okay? Um, The longer we see its qualities or its influence or whatever, do not discount the outer planets. I think that so many people see them when they first start studying. I totally did the same thing where we're like, it's not that cool to have, you know, Scorpio and Pluto in common because Scorpio or Pluto moves so slowly. There's like a bajillion people that have Scorpio and Pluto. It's not that hard to have that in common. It's not about if it's hard to have it in common or not. Um, And you'll start to understand this as you study the differences between the inner and the outer planets. But I want you to move forth with that basic understanding, okay? That even though those outer planets are slower moving and therefore more of us have those placements in common, because they're generational, because it encompasses so many of us, their effects, what we see and what we track, their patterns— are so much more profound. Here's an analogy I always tell my clients. Think of the interpersonal planets as your current like day-to-day friendships and relationships, okay? These friendships and relationships affect us, obviously. They very much affect who we are and how we are as a person. What we might not realize though, is that our relationships from our childhood, like with our parents, are those effects from those relationships are much longer lasting and much more profound on our human development, okay? So when, we, when we're when we taught trauma and abuse, right? When we, So think about 
we're taught these things via these relationships at such young, formidable ages, that means that those relationships have longer, more profound effects on us. And this is the same for the planets, okay? So think of those inner planets as these day-to-day, like inner um, uh, relationships and friendships, but those outer planets— Those are those relationships and influences that we experienced in childhood that maybe we've buried deep down or we didn't even notice these things were happening. And then 20 years goes by and we're like, oh, that's why I do that because I learned this from my mom because she did this when this, okay? That's how I want you to think of the inner and outer planets. Don't discount the outer planets. They are massively important and just as important as your inner personal planets. Okay, signs, okay? You need to learn the signs. You need to learn the major planets and then uh, houses, okay? This is easily the first trip up that most students have, okay? This is this is definitely the first area that most people come to me and they're like, yeah, yeah, I totally get the signs. I'm totally getting the planets. I'm even starting to understand the degrees. Um, some people are even starting to understand or work with the aspects and transits and houses. They just either skipped over houses or it just never really made sense and resonated or they never found a way to make it make sense for them. And so it still doesn't. Uh, the houses are extremely important, okay? The houses are very important. They're so important that, honestly, when you are able to start reading charts, like a chart chart, let me show you. When you are able to start reading the full, like, circle chart, and somebody's like, oh, I have Mercury and Scorpio, you'll be like, yeah, yeah, but what house is it in? Because that's how important it is. That's how big of a difference it makes. So this is, you know, you guys have seen, you know what a chart looks like, right? And so seeing it in its entirety like this, in in the houses and everything, uh, it makes a huge difference in your in your own understanding and interpretation of that chart, okay? So when you're utilizing astrology, whether you're giving a reading to like a client of your own or you are um, giving, you know, well, not giving a reading, but utilizing an astrological chart or astrological movements to make plans for your own life or to to understand where you're at emotionally or physically, right? When you're using astrology, uh, knowing the houses and seeing the chart in its entirety is gonna set you up so much better. So I know, Thea, see, you're right. A lot of people, I know, the houses really, really confuse a lot of people. Here is my biggest tip, and it's a bold tip. And I think that a lot of astrologers might be like, or a lot of people that teach astrology might be like, I don't know, that's too much information all at once. I'm gonna still give it to you and see if you wanna run with it. I would study all of them at the same time. I think that most of us learn, okay, first I'm gonna learn the signs, then I'm gonna learn the planets, then I'm gonna learn the houses, then I'm gonna learn the degrees and the aspects. Okay, you can totally do this. I also learned this way and it can be very, very effective. However, I will tell you that the moment I understood houses and then it clicked for me, 
I realized I should have been studying them all along. I should not have skipped them. I did I did the same thing and took the advice that many, many people give, which is, you know, it's so much information all at once. It's so confusing. Just wait for the houses later. It is a lot and it will feel very overwhelming, but I actually would argue that you'll catch on to it faster and you'll make all of the connections faster. It'll all start to make sense more efficiently for you if you incorporate the houses. I personally recommend studying all of them at the same time and starting by studying the astrological wheel, okay? So you, I wish I could like share a screen with everybody. (laughs) Um, Okay, what I want you to do is to find a picture of an astrological chart that you like, okay, a zodiac wheel. You can Google that on your computer. There are tons and tons of resources. I have a couple of books right here I will show you. And zip, zip, zip. Where's the little wheel here? So the first book that I have here is Magical Astrology. And if you've ever listened to any of my podcasts or know me as a person in general, you probably know that I adore this book. Um... Here we go. This is a very basic zodiac wheel. Okay. It's a circle. We start at Aries, we end at Pisces. Um, You'll notice that depending on what zodiac wheel you're looking at, it might be flipped around. So instead of, if you're looking at it, instead of Aries in the first house being on the left, it might be on the right. That's okay. It's okay. As long as it goes in order, okay? It starts at Aries, then it goes to Taurus, then Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Ergo, Libra, Scorpio, Sag, Capricorn, Aquarius, Pisces, okay? Needs to have all 12 of those. Needs to go in that order. It doesn't matter which way the circle goes. Um, the main point is starting to give you the visual aspect with like the text, like the things that you're reading. Okay. Because we, I think tend to separate them too much. We look at like a regular chart that has like planets and aspects and charts on it. Don't start here. Start with a plain Zodiac wheel. Find one that you like either in a book that you like or on the internet and save it somewhere. Take a screenshot, save it on your phone save it on a computer, print it out, put it in a planner or a journal, do all of those things if you want. Um, this will help a lot. If it's not already numbered, number each one of those, starting at Aries, number one, ending at Pisces, number 12, so that you start to study, okay, Aries is traditionally the ruler of the first house. This is the home of Mars, okay? Um, most if not, I'd venture to say all like beginner astrology books are going to have this basic information in it and very likely will already have the circle picture that I'm talking about, the zodiac wheel that I'm talking about. Utilize that, okay? Really gain and develop your understanding in this cohesive way where now you're studying the first house and Aries and Mars all at once. This will make all of them connect in the cohesive way that they're meant to, okay? They're all really, really meant to to connect with one one another. This doesn't mean... 
This does not mean that you can say, oh, Mars is the planet of this, which means this is what the first house rules. It doesn't, they're not cheat sheets for each other. That's not what I mean, because you'll see as you start getting into more advanced astrology, um, a lot of people will tell you, that's actually not a great way to learn. You don't want to automatically always associate the first house with Aries because eventually, you know, not everybody's first house is ruled by Aries. I understand that. But we're, we're talking about building the foundational understanding for astrology. I do firmly believe that it is more beneficial to learn the qualities and what the first house means when you also pair it and study it along with Aries and Mars and everything that that house encompasses in general. Okay, let me check into a little bit of these questions here. Good job, everybody. I'm so proud to see all of these excited astro students. Good, good, good. Houses are definitely confusing. And I'm so glad that it really seems like um, a lot of you agree that if you've been studying a little bit, that studying all of these, uh, you know, factors or, or categories together is, is much more beneficial. So encompass the sign, the planet, and the house. Study all of these all at once. Again, it's going to feel really confusing at first, but I think it will also start to click much more effectively um, and, and sooner, okay? Because that's, I'm just speaking from experience. That's what happened for me. It was the same thing for me where I studied signs and planets and I just got it. And I kept trying to study houses, but I couldn't get it. I started studying the modalities, right? The cardinal, the mutable, and the fixed energies. Got it. Still slipping up on houses. That's okay. Kept going, kept going. Started understanding the elementals. Started understanding the polarities. It's all coming. But houses, I kept pushing off and pushing off because it just didn't make sense. And I can't remember what it was I did one day. I sat down and I made myself read, oh, a section of one of my books about the houses. Well, because I had been studying so much at that point about the signs and the planets, when I looked at the houses again, I was like, oh, well, I already know this, this, and this, or this makes sense because I know that this is traditionally the home of Pluto or whatever. Do you see what I'm saying? So um, I now encourage all of my students and all of my clients to study all of them at once. It will start to make sense. Now, we've got the signs, we've got the planets, we've got the houses. The other two main building blocks in an astrology practice that you need to study need to be aspects, major aspects. There are tons of aspects. There are like medium and minor aspects. You can always get to those later. Start with the major aspects because when you understand the major aspects, like really, really understand them, and then you go to study the minor and like the medium aspects, you'll go, oh, that makes perfect sense because X, Y, and Z. Okay. Um, and then lastly, you'll be able to put all of these together to start studying transits. Okay. And studying transits is, in my opinion, the practice part of astrology. This is like our own um, like self-imposed homework almost. This is how we take all of these concepts that we're studying, signs, degrees, planets, houses, aspects, and actually putting them into application. That's what transit study is for. So in my opinion, those are the main, most critical, 
most fundamental building blocks that you should be focusing on in your astrological study practice as a beginner, okay? Okay. Signs, degrees, planets, houses, major aspects, and then utilizing that information to at least look at transits. Okay. Now, the next step in a really, really effective uh, astrological study practice is you're going to need an app or a website, okay? We'll talk about books. That's its own category. First, I want to talk about the electronic technical side of things. You need some way to generate charts. You can have more than one way. That's totally fine. I don't care. I have tons. I have, I use uh, one app and for the most part, two websites. Okay. So like two desktop sites that I use on my actual computer, you can use as many as you like, but you need to like it and you need to be able to understand it. And when I say like it, I mean like the functions within the app. Okay. You don't want it to be an app that bothers you because you accidentally click on an ad every single time because of the way they put the little X. See what I'm saying? You want um, an app that you enjoy using. Otherwise, you're never going to log on to it, okay? Again, don't forget, we're leaving behind all of the parts of studying and learning that we don't like. Anything a teacher ever taught us that we don't like, anything that a peer ever like shamed us for anything, we're letting go of that. We are creating our own beautiful study environment for ourselves. We are our own student and we are our own teacher, okay? And then we start to do this where we connect with each other and we become the students and teachers for each other. It's beautiful. Now, there are trillions of apps and websites out there for astrology, okay? And really the factors or the qualifications that, you know, you need to meet for for an app or a site to be considered good are totally your own preference, okay? Some of the basic things that I look out for, um, obviously, we should all be looking for accuracy, okay? We should really be looking for apps and sites and charts that show um, a very, very accurate chart. Some apps and websites show a really pretty chart, and it's really beautiful, I love these websites. I use them in client ratings all the time. Um, they're they're beautiful. They're really nice for um, if you are a spiritual professional and you do use charts in your profession, they make really beautiful, or there's sites that make really beautiful charts that are so much nicer looking on your presentations and your PDFs that you send your clients. Um, but as far as your interpretation goes, as far as like reading the chart, they, they don't show the lines. Um, they don't show the degrees. There's tons of them that leave very pertinent and important information out. And this is one of the biggest things that I see a lot of beginner students do is they go off of an app solely for how pretty the chart is without realizing how much they're sacrificing accuracy. Okay. It's okay to use the pretty chart. It's okay to use the pretty looking app or site. You need, you just need to also add in a really, really accurate site or a really accurate app too. My personal favorite app that I use is Time Passages. They have both an Android and an Apple version. Their free version is perfectly wonderful for a single solitary student and user. Okay, you can do what you need to do in Time Passages for free if you study and use um, astrology on a strictly personal level. I pay for the annual 
uh, membership, which is like, it's like $36 a year. That's it. Um, and then I get the complete pro unlimited version of the whole app. And I use time passages for like 80% of my, my professional astrology use. I also use astro.com. Um, but not as much as I use time passages. So if you are an astrology professional, or if you are just a very committed astrology student and you're really passionate about it, even if you don't have any, any desire to do this professionally, uh, the annual fee for time passages is very affordable and it is crazy worth it. And I love time passages as a company. I love their astrologers that they hire. So I personally really like supporting them as well by purchasing the annual membership. Okay. I also mentioned astro.com as my other favorite. You've probably already heard of this. And if you think you haven't heard of it, as soon as you see a chart from astro.com, you're probably like, oh yeah, I've seen these. Almost everybody uses astro.com. It is a fucking magical, beautiful resource, okay? Um, It is free and it is very, very accurate. Here's the biggest downside. It is not easy to understand for a beginner. The interface of the website's not very smooth. Um, It's not the prettiest looking chart in the world, uh, but it is very, very accurate. So it is something that I use for the accuracy um, to to look at different placements and look at different aspects. And then I usually take that information and I just go back over to time passages. Um, Now, I do want to give a little shout out to my girl, Ashley, at Starseed Shadows. So you've probably seen me post a little bit about Ashley already. I'm very, very excited to say that she is definitely going to be joining me on the podcast very soon. Uh, I'm stoked. She's amazing. If you already don't follow Ashley at Starseed Shadows, please make sure that you go and do that. She is one of my favorite favorite shadow workers um, on Instagram, one of my favorite astrologers that I follow. She is deeply intuitive. Her messages hit right every single time. She does um, live tarot readings on Instagram. She offers a like really amazing astrological information. I know that she has a Patreon. Um, and I have, uh, had the pleasure of having one of her shadow work sessions that I won in a giveaway that she was doing. And seriously, I can't say more amazing things about her. She let me know about a site I had not heard of before that, uh, generates free, beautiful charts. And it is called astro-charts.com. I'm going to put the links for everything in the caption and then on the regular episode too, as usual. So don't worry. Um, but astro-charts.com. Yeah. Ashley from Starseed Shadows. Let me know about that site beautiful charts, really aesthetically pleasing and free. Okay. So make sure you check that one out. I do want to make a little note about things like CoStar and Cafe Astrology. I am not here to shit on those websites like a lot of experienced astrologers do. I think that that can be a little bit harmful as far as learning opportunities go when we're like, fuck those sites. If they were putting out genuine like misinformation, harmful education that was flat out inaccurate astrological information, that would be a different story. I don't think that Cafe Astrology or that CoStar, I don't think either one of them do that. Here is my biggest downside. 
you know that little table that it gives you? And like, instead of the circle chart, like I was showing you, it gives you a little like table with rows and columns. And it's like, your sun is here and it's in this house. Your moon is here. It's in this house. And I've seen, especially on CoStar, it'll group the planets by houses. These are in your first. These are in your third. These ones are in your sixth. Okay. And I've had student after student after client after client come and tell me, I don't have a fourth house. And I'm like, well, that's not true at all. What do you mean you don't have a fourth house? And finally, somebody showed me their co-star app. And I was like, this is terrible. That is not at all. I, you need, it's okay to use those charts because Cafe Astrologies is very similar. It's totally okay to use those table charts because that circle, your natal chart, it is really hard to understand. It is really overwhelming to look at. You are right. Um, and this is why I like time passages so much because it has both. You can flip-flop very easily between the views of the whole circle chart and the actual list view, okay? I am just encouraging you to use both. Do not rely solely on that table with the rows and columns because you are literally missing houses if you do that sometimes. Um, not everybody has a placement in every single house. Tons of us have empty houses, um, and they are not something to just, you just, oh yeah, I don't have a fourth house. Yes, you do. And it's important to know that it's empty and what to do when you have an empty house and what that energy looks like. Okay. It's important. Uh, and a quick word on external readings. I want to know. And when I say external readings, I mean, this could be the little description box and time passages. This could be that big PDF you download on Cafe Astrology, right? This could be in one of your favorite books, something telling you the energy of a certain sign or a certain placement. It could be a reader that you follow on Instagram, including me. I want to remind you that an external reading, no matter what, is still just that. It is external. It is outside of you. And there is only one of you, okay? I know that we hear that a lot. I know it's a little cheesy, but it's also super true, okay? There's only one of you. And all of us are doing our best by analyzing and reading and interpreting this cosmic DNA, this cosmic information, okay? That is astrology, this language of the stars. We're all doing our very best. We're all studying it and we're using our intuition and we're combining those to give, you know, as clear and as, as accurate of an interpretation of any kind of placement as possible. This does not mean that anybody, including me, is the word of God, okay? So I just because I come on here and tell you this is what my Mercury and Scorpio in my third house really looks like, and this is how it acts for me, and so this might be very similar for you, it might be, and there might be parts of my interpretation that don't resonate with you, and that's okay. It doesn't resonate with you for a reason, and that is your own unique journey, okay? The reason that I give this big major disclaimer is because this happens to every single one of us, okay? It's either already happened to you, or it's going to, or it will again, because it happens to all of us multiple times, where you're studying a new placement, or not even a new placement. It's a placement in your chart or an aspect in your chart or somebody else's that you just noticed. I've looked at this a million times and I just now noticed that our moons oppose each other or whatever it is, okay? 
and you go to read about it. You Google it online really quick or you look it up in your book and you read something that does not feel super harmonious or you read something that kind of feels like a little knife in the gut, okay? I'm forewarning you before you read about your Chiron placement that this is very likely to happen. When you study Chiron, it's a heavy study time. It's it's meant to be. Our trauma and our healing are housed in Chiron. It's not ever going to be light and fluffy and fun to study Chiron. It's it's deep and introspective and heavy and hard. Um, and it can put you in a funk. And that's why I'm warning you about this is because I have come across some interpretations in the past when studying my own chart that feel so finite, that feel so fucking definite. Like that's just how I am and how I'm doomed to be. And that's not astrology. That's not the purpose of any of this, okay? You are meant to study and learn and understand this information so you can fucking do something with it, okay? Not to just read this in that old school psychic way that maybe, you know, our parents had, right? Where, oh, you know, this is the future that I see for you and this is how it's gonna be. My mom had a psychic for years and that's how her sessions were. That's what he would tell her. He would say, this is what's going to happen. And she'd come home and say, this is what's going to happen. And I fucking hated it because it gave me zero control. It gave me zero responsibility over my own choices and over my own future. It put me in a state of paranoia. How do I make sure I get to that future he predicted? Or how do I make sure I avoid that future I predicted? I don't like that. And sometimes you're going to come across readings and interpretations in your astrological study that are going to do the same thing. And you need to remember to take a step back during those moments and remember that you always have control over your own fucking life. I promise you. That is one thing I can guarantee you no matter what. You have control over you. Always. You're in the driver's seat of yourself. Always, always, always. And if you don't like an interpretation, move past it. Go back to the Google page and look up a different one. Go back to the Google page and look up five different ones. That's a really good way, I think, instead of, you know, falling into one blog article from Susie that you're like, great, I'm screwed because I have Chiron and Cancer in the 12th house. That's what happened to me. True story. (laughs) I was like, and I'm fucked. That's essentially what this blog article is saying. Um, It did kind of say that. And so instead you know, after I really wallowed for a few days, I started seeking other interpretations out. I started looking up other sources, looking up Chiron, looking up 12th house stuff and other places and other books and things and developed my own understanding for how to work with my Chiron placement instead of, oh, this is my Chiron and therefore this is how my life is going to be. Don't get stuck in that cycle. It's very common no matter how many years you've been studying astrology, okay? Whether it's a retrograde coming up, anything. Try not to let yourself feel doomed by this information. You want to feel empowered by this information. That's the point of astrology. Now, we talked a little bit about using the tables and the official chart, right? So remembering that we're not only using the table chart with the rows and columns. You need to also use the official circle natal chart. Just flip-flop between um, back and forth between both. The other reason I really encourage you doing this is this is going to help you practice learning and memorizing the symbols. A lot of people ask me that. Uh, which favorite way to learn all the different symbols? 
it will just come. If you have fun memorization games that you enjoy using and that are effective for you, totally utilize them. If you're a flashcard person, buy flashcards or make flashcards for yourself. It would be a really, really, really fun little Virgo project to make your own astro flashcards. Don't buy them, make them. How fun. Um, oh my God, I really like that idea. I feel like I don't need the flashcards, but now I really want them. So I'll find an excuse to make them and show them to everybody. Um, Okay, so any kind of memorization game or study method, you are totally welcome and encouraged to uh, apply that to learning the symbols. I personally find that they will just come. Most everything that you read and most apps that you're using and most sites that you're using are going to show the little like planetary symbol next to the name of the planet, okay, for example. Or it's going to show the little zodiac sign next to the um, the name of the zodiac sign, okay? I think that the more you look at these things, and that's why I tell you to flip-flop and look at all of the different types of charts, Um together. I think that the more you do this, the more that that information is just going to retain and you're going to understand it. But if you need something a little more concrete, a little more tangible, what I did for a long time was, I think I found a little chart online. I found like a little table chart online and it was a list of the Zodiac names, their symbol, what planet they ruled or were ruled by, and their modality and what element they are. Um, If you can't find a table chart that you like, make one. So use like Google Sheets or um, Excel, you know what I mean? Something like that. Make a little table chart for yourself. And maybe that is what I ended up doing. I might've made my own because a lot of your favorite books will have something similar One more time. This is Magical Astrology by Sky Alexander. I'm about to show you the other books too. This really is one of my favorites, not just for beginners, but for everybody. I've seen people of all experience levels use this book. It it combines astrology and astrological information with witchcraft and magic. Um, And I, I really like it a lot. It's a really basic small book, but really packed with information. So here's what I'm talking about. See how this... See how this is like a little table chart that shows the name of the planet and it shows the symbol that that planet is. And then it gives a little brief description of what that planet rules or what it means or qualities of that planet. You can make your own little chart like this in Excel or something. And it can say the planet, the symbol of the planet, the sign it's associated with, the symbol of the sign, the modality, right? You can, you can, um, include all that information and make your own cheat sheet. I must have done something like that, but I do remember using, this was several years ago, but I remember utilizing a a chart on my phone, a table chart like that for a long, long time. Now, another fun way to learn the symbols is to utilize a planner or an astrological journal. And so most of you probably already know my two favorites because I talk about them on my, on my, all my platforms all the time. I am waiting to be sponsored by them. <laughs> no, but I might really ask them because I can't stop recommending them. First, we have the personal astrological almanac from Honeycomb Collective. Okay. Here, maybe the cover page isn't so glaring on the camera. 
And next is the always beautiful Magic of Eye Astrological Journal and Planner, okay? So I really, really, really recommend this for beginners. I really, really recommend this for people that enjoy pen to paper scheduling and journaling, okay? People that, because some people just flat out are like, I like keeping everything on my phone. I don't like anything external. That's totally, totally valid. Um, but if you are a pen and paper person, I'm, I, I don't think I will ever not get this planner for the rest of my life. I use it so much. I use it so much. And so see, beginner or not, it doesn't matter. It's so useful. But especially if you're a beginner, here's why I love it. The first, I don't even know, 20 pages or so of this book is a mini, um, is a miniature textbook. This is the Magic of Eye Planner. Okay, so where's the actual cover page? Mm, it doesn't really have a good, good cover page. I don't know how good the camera shows it. Isn't it pretty though? So look, I'll flip through. It has a blank page to chart your own chart. I never do that. I, I will say I just use my phone for that. Look, here's a little breakdown of the earth signs and their daily energy, the air signs and their daily energy, okay, and so forth. Then it goes into... <laughs> the Astrological Reference Guide. This alone, these two pages of this book. Again, this is the Magic of Eye Planner. And Jerrica, my darling, I don't know if maybe you're asking about this one. Um, this one's the Honeycomb Collective Personal Astrological Almanac, okay? And I will link these in the regular show description and I'll tag them in the Instagram caption as well. Um, the difference is that this is just a book of transits. Okay. This is a book of transits. That's all it is. The planets and how they affect my personal natal chart and the collective. Okay. This, the magic of eye planner is a planner and a journal and a mini textbook at the beginning. And these two pages, the astrological reference guide, it is the table chart that I'm talking about. It is the fucking, I love this thing. When I got this, it was a game changer. It shows you the symbol for each of the sign, the name of the sign, the number, the keywords associated with it, the qualities, the element, the body part it rules, the mode, the modality, uh, the houses, the keywords of those houses, the symbols for the planets, the name of the planets, uh, what sign the planets ruled, rule, uh, where that planet is exalted and which sign, the keywords for each of those planets, and the days of the week that they rule. This is on two pages. That's it. Two pages of this book. Look. I love this thing. I would buy it if I was still like studying. I would buy it just for that. Um, but the rest of it is genuinely a very, very useful planner. There's tons of like goal mapping um, and creating like actionable steps. There is a new moon and a full moon uh, place for journal entries for each month, every single new moon and every single full moon. It shows the major transits in here. It just doesn't show the transits in regard to your personal natal chart. That's why I get both. This is general. 
Every single one of these is the same that gets printed. This is personalized to my specific natal chart, okay? Now, my two favorite, well, three favorite books in addition, because I have a total of four books here, in addition to Magical Astrology. You all, anybody that gets this planner, yeah, you're going to love it. You're really, really, really going to love it. Okay. You've probably heard of this if you're a beginner. It comes up on almost, it's like at the top of most Google searches when you're studying astrology, but this is the only astrology book you will ever need by Joanna Martine Woolfolk. I don't necessarily agree that it's the only astrology book you'll ever need, uh, partially because I'm a total bibliophile and I want all the books anyways. Um, but it, it really is a very nice reference book, a really great starting point, um, and a great place to reference no matter what your experience level is. I use it to write different blog posts and things like that. Uh, I really like Joanna's interpretations and explanations in there. So that is a very, very good book. Next, this is probably my favorite, favorite. Um, this is astrology for yourself. Okay. And this is by Douglas. I hope I'm saying this right. Douglas Bloch and Demetra George. And this is both a textbook and a workbook. Okay. So see how I can like actually write in it. This is the ultimate workbook and textbook for understanding your natal chart and therefore natal charts in general, okay? Astrological starts, uh, astrological charts. This really gets into the bones, okay? This really, really, really dives in. This is very in-depth, especially for how like thin this book seems. It is very in-depth. This is the book I recommend to anybody that like wants to understand astrology for themselves. Seriously. If you want to take it beyond scrolling on Instagram, you want to take it beyond just being like an interest in something you like to look at or read about. This is for that person that's like, no, I really want to understand my own chart. I want to understand how the planets right now transiting affect my chart. I want to understand this. You need this book. I'm serious. It really, really is a game changer. Um, I recommend physically writing in it and getting the full experience out of it. That's what I did. And um, I go back and reference this book all the time all the time to re-strengthen my astrological foundation, okay? I, I cannot say enough wonderful things about that book. And lastly, this might just be my favorite metaphysical, magical witchcraft book in the universe ever. Maybe not even favorite, my most used. God, I love this book. Anybody that's been following me for a little while watching this or hearing this is like, is it the book of correspondences? It is the book of correspondences. It's the best. Listen, this stacked, meaty, chunky chunk book is filled with so much useful information. 
I still want to give a disclaimer. It's non-exhaustive, okay? It doesn't include literally everything. It's not It's not that good. I don't know that any book is that good and literally has everything. We're always learning and, and, and gathering more information. But if you're a pagan witch, um, this is fucking handy, okay? This is easily, like I said, my most used book ever, ever, ever. The Complete Book of Correspondences by Llewellyn's. Uh, it's not even nearly as much money as it should be. I would easily pay $55 for this. It's $30. At least that's what the cover price is still on here. So you might even be able to find it cheaper online. I first got this at my library. Literally, I checked it out at the library over and over and over again when I first became a witch, when I first started identifying as a witch. Um I couldn't stop. I think I renewed it like four times. And then I was like, okay, I'll go buy it. Um, and I, holy moly. And then I ended up, when I was at the shop, I got us a shop copy. Like, you need this book. It's so, so, so good. Here's why. It's a total cross-reference. So it starts off with like issues, intentions, and powers. So I can flip to uh, family, fertility, control, Courage, beginnings, empowerment, improvement, luck, lust, pride, okay? All these different intentions. And within each of those, it'll tell me what zodiac sign it's associated with, what day of the week, what color, what numbers are associated with it. Are there any herbs or plants associated with it? What gemstones or minerals? What gods or goddesses? Any birds, any animals? Is it associated with a chakra? Is it associated with a certain tree? What about a direction, north, south, east, or west? I almost messed that up. Um, what planet is associated with? So much, so much. And so this Helps you create your own spells, quite honestly. That's why I like it so much. Okay, I'm doing a spell for better business. Boom, I go to the business growth or the or the growth section or the money section, right? And I look at different objects or correspondences, okay? That's what they're called, that are associated with that intention. And boom, I use it as inspiration to make a spell or a ritual. Now, the reason you're like, why is it on the astrology episode? Because the astrology section in this thing is amazing. You would love it, love it, love it. Yeah, you got everybody on the live looking at this. You do need this. You should get it. It's so good. Okay, so it goes, here's the zodiac section. Here's all the signs, okay? And this is really handy. See at the top here, this little circle, the little pie chart? That is... um the astrological seasons and where they line up with the witches' Sabbaths. So like Yule is during Capricorn season. Beltane is during Gemini season. Do you see what I'm saying? Very, very handy. Um, I really, really love this. And then those are the signs. It's also got the planets. And keep in mind, Within each one of these little tables, it's like, oh, Sagittarius, here are the dates. Here's the planet. Here's the celebration. It's the winter solstice is associated with. Here are the colors. Here are the chakras. Here are the trees, the gemstones, the gods and goddesses associated with Sagittarius. All of it is in here. Um, and then when you get past the signs, the planets are here. It shows the symbols with the planets as well. And then it gets in, it gets into the moon phases and what they're associated with and the months, the calendar months, as well as the seasons. I could keep going and going. The days of the week are on here. It's insane. Just the astrological section of this book alone is crazy worth it for your, uh, astrological study journey. I promise. 
but you will, and I do promise you this as well, you will end up using it beyond and outside of your astrological process as well. Okay, correspondences, astrology for yourself, magical astrology by Sky Alexander, the only astrology book you'll ever need, which, hey, hey, but it is still a good book, um, by Joanna Martine Wolfolk. There we go. Uh, again, I will drop the names and the authors um, in the caption for the Instagram video, as well as the regular podcast description. You will find links to all of these books, as well as my personal almanac and Magic of Eye Planner. With all of this information, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take note from the beginning of this, those basic building blocks that I listed out for you, okay? We need to, for a well-rounded astrological understanding, we need to understand the signs and degrees, the planets and luminaries, the houses, the major aspects, and therefore transits. Then we have to find an app and or, I recommend both though, and or a desktop site that we like that generates charts for us, hopefully for free because there are tons of them that offer them for free. But if you're gonna pay for one, the one that I personally pay for that I love is Time Passages. We're gonna use both the circle, the full circle natal chart and the table, the rows and the columns, right? And the table chart together so that we start to apply the information that looks simpler on the table. We start to understand it through the scope of that full circle chart. It's just helpful because that's how you'll start to see, oh, there's a cluster of energy here. Oh, there's a big wide gap over here. We're supposed to see those things. This helps us understand the very unique individual energy of that person or that that event that the chart is casted for, okay? And we are utilizing lots of resources, lots of different books, lots of different blog articles and website interpretations. We want to give ourselves tons of information, almost a bit of an overload, because what will start to happen as you're studying is all of what clicks and what resonates for you will start to stick and it'll start to retain. And all of a sudden you'll, you'll be looking at a chart or, or you'll be catching yourself in a conversation, realizing like, oh, I've kind of been like speaking the language all of a sudden, or you'll pick up that chart and be like, I kind of understand this now. I I think I actually know what I'm looking at finally. It'll start to click. All of a sudden, you'll notice that you have an actual foundation of astrological knowledge. And now when you look at those astrologers that you follow on Instagram um, and that you follow on social media, they'll say, oh, I was going to say a random aspect, but I don't know what's happening today. Sorry. Oh, Venus sextile Pluto. Don't quote me. I don't know if that's happening or when that's happening you'll be able to understand what that means. You'll be able to look at that and know, oh, I know that a sextile is this. I know that Pluto and Venus are here and here right now. I know that I have this in my chart, which means that Pluto's been sitting right here, right? You're gonna be able to do this. All of a sudden you'll wake up one day and that's gonna be you. You're gonna be able to do this. You aren't going to have to rely on somebody else to tell you what the astrological weather is and what it means for you forever. I promise. If you are passionate about this and you want to learn it, follow these basic, basic building blocks. Leave behind 
anything, any part of the learning process that just is not for you. Just because it works for somebody else doesn't mean that it works for you. If there's somebody that everybody follows on Instagram that loves their astrological interpretations and readings and you just don't vibe with them, don't fucking follow them. That's okay. I could be that person for you. I can, I will admit that I might be that person that you're like, (laughs) I just really don't like your interpretation. That's okay. You're not going to jive and vibe with everybody. And that's okay. You want to take in as much information as you can and really allow yourself to gravitate towards what naturally feels right, allow the connections to make themselves. Um, and, and really, I think my biggest tip in all of this is, is don't be afraid of the chart, the, that, that whole chart. Don't be afraid of the chart. Don't be afraid to learn it in its entirety. Download the full circle chart, like I said, or you to honestly <laughs> use this. God, I love this book, Magical Astrology. It's got the wheel and it has the table chart or even better yet, the mini textbook in the Magic of Eye Planner that has the entire cheat sheet that you could ever possibly need, okay? Don't be afraid to study all of those at once because the more that you study them in like layers like that when they're all together, oh, I understand the layer of the first house. I understand now the layer of the second house. All the connections, I promise, will start to be made and they'll start firing off and it will just make sense. I promise. Um, I am so, so grateful for today, for this episode. This was amazing. This is the first episode I've recorded that I don't have any cuts or edits. So that's pretty cool. Uh, that's the cool part about doing it live. Um, thank you everybody who joined on Instagram. This was a blast. This was so, so great. I'm so happy that I was able to answer what questions I was able to along the way and offer like different confirmation or affirmation for people because I do think that a lot of us are studying this on our own and that's awesome. I think that self-study practice is freaking crucial and empowering. Um, But sometimes when we're doing it on our own, we're like, am I even doing this the right way? Am I even understanding this the right way? Am I studying this in a completely crazy way? That's why I wanted to give you that disclaimer. This is a lot of info. It probably will feel very crazy sometimes. It will probably feel super overwhelming sometimes. That probably means to a degree that you're doing it the right way. I promise. Um, My inbox is always, always open. You know that if you ever have any astro or witchy questions for me, I love talking it out. Um, I just got a great email over the weekend from somebody asking me about death magic and being a death witch. I love getting questions and feedback and comment like that. So please, please, please don't stop sending those. Um, This was amazing today. I have some really, really, really cool shit coming out. My program is about to launch very soon. The Think and Grow Witch Mentorship. It's going to be big, y'all. It's going to be big. Um, And to celebrate this, I am going to be offering a really dope free masterclass that I'm honestly taking from a full week of the mentorship program and offering it to all of you for free that want to see what this program's all about, get a taste of it, totally obligation-free, totally risk-free. Just come join my masterclass, how to start and run a legit witchy business is what the masterclass is going to be. And, um, We're going to get into some of the course materials from the mentorship program so that you can see it and try it all for yourself. It's going to be great. 
Um, So keep an eye around the witchy neighborhood. There are lots of fun things coming and they're coming very soon. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much again for joining me. This was fucking amazing. All of you are fucking amazing. I am insanely blessed. I'm just, I'm insanely blessed. So I hope that you have the best, most magical week ever. And I'll see y'all later. Bye, everybody. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's episode of That Witch Podcast. I seriously appreciate every single listen, every single download of every single episode. If you want to help continue to support the show, you can leave me a five-star review on iTunes. That really helps me reach other people that would enjoy the show as well. You can also just share the show with a friend or tag me on social media where you can also follow me at thatwitch.nextdoor on both Instagram and TikTok. If you want to work with me, I offer some really, really awesome one-on-one sessions with my clients. And I also will be launching a very cool mentorship coming up in the fall. If you want to book a session or join the waitlist for the mentorship, head over to my website, thatwitchnextdoor.com. And don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel so you can get access to every pre-show tarot reading that I do before every single episode, as well as some other fun stuff I have planned for YouTube down the line. All right. Thanks again, everyone. I appreciate all of you so much. Stay magical out there. 